I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Fifty years ago, on the 5th of October 1969, after watching an an edition of Omnibus about uh, international journalistic photographers, we would have settled down to watch uh, the first in a brand new sketch series, Monty Python's Flying Circus. You're starting early with the TV schedule. This is just a... A, a teaser for later <laughs> on, deep, deep diving <laughs> into TV shows. Starting schedules. strong, aren't you? Yep, starting yeah. with giving people what they want. You set so, the scene, I understand. Was that was episode one, series one, Wither Canada? Was this what you wanted, Fiona? I did not laugh out loud much, but it has potential. <laughs> okay. Which is probably what. I mean, I think. Can we start talking about. How it was very different to the other stuff in context. Or sure. That, you don't mind if we might move it around a bit. So, one thing, I mean, obviously, building up to this start of our podcast, we mm-hmm. have watched some other shows that might have been around at the time. The first thing that sprung to mind, especially with the... Available in our bumper length uh, pod, uh, introduction podcast, by the way. Good luck, guys. If you haven't already listened um, to all that. The first thing I do notice, particularly with the opening credits... Mm-hmm. Um, is it was a lot of colour. Ah. Now, is, is this one of... Would, the, would That would have been you. Yes. And But they chose to, you know, I presume pay extra for it to be in colour, or the colour was quite important, or would yes, it just happen to be well, I think, after the watershed? No, I think, this was the, I think this was the first season, the, the autumn 1969 season, was the first season when all the new productions were in colour. So, so they did yeah. pay for it, particularly to be in colour, but they did make the most of the colourness. Did they? Well, in ter- well, certainly that opening credit it was it was very strong colours. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of it, the film being actually in colour. Okay. And I think those. Um, Bear in mind that the vast majority of viewers would have watched this in black and white. Oh, true that. True that. Um, it's not one of these things we're watching where someone's coloured up a black and white thing. No, 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 it was colour, but yeah. it just most people still had black and white sets. Yeah. Um, but the cartoons themselves mm-hmm. were weird. Right. Even now. Mm-hmm. And I just think back in those days, they would have been just like... I'm, I'm wondering whether that put people off. They were getting laughs, though, the cartoons. I know, I know, but I just wonder if some fuddy-duddies would be switching TV off it instantly when they saw something so bizarre... On the telly, mm-hmm. or, or you know, I just surprised that they went so full on. Well, that's yeah. I, I think if anything, TV was more weird and varied and experimental then than it is now. Mm. It's now that we that can everything's ironed out and flattened out and has to be, you know, has to meet the right demographics and gets compliance mm. to death, etc. Well, they just did what they wanted. to they do. They just did what they wanted to do. 
There's a very good, there's a very funny story about that, but we're bound to come across that in the okay. in the course of our our podcast, so I won't tell you. It. And the other thing is, some of these cartoons, or not in the opening credits, but mm-hmm. those car- cartoons early on, um, I'm sure had, you know, the bit where uh, there were pictures, mm-hmm. someone trapped inside a man. That yeah. I, I don't know if that was later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of these people in the cartoons were famous. I'm not really sure that they were. I mean, those... Was that the guy that was in the thing we saw before? Yes, he Looking is. Moustache. Yeah, but, but he's, you know, I could, you know, he is, a, he, is a, he is a known person, but he's not a famous known person. It's not like the Mona Lisa or anything. Oh, right. It's not like um, your man doing the Daz advert. No, no, it's not like the Enoch Powell and the Do Not Adjust Your Set no, uh, animations, okay. no. So I just thought I was just not getting some of it because I didn't recognise the right. famous people. No, no. Obviously, that wasn't a part of it. No, I think that mostly it comes from, like, sort of very early photographs. Mm. Um, that, that that's where Terry Gilliam got the the pictures from, in books of old photographs and that sort of thing. Okay, all right. Because obviously they were out of copyright as well. That was important because what he was doing. Oh uh, right, you see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's all I have to say about the opening weirdness. The opening weirdness. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Apart from apart from the Michael Palin mm-hmm. being uh. The bedraggled man who came out of the sea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Castaway is what I was trying to think. Okay. You know, one yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Now, I was expecting that the earliest Pythons... I presume we're watching this in order. If you know we are. Well, you know, you did the crazy James Bond thing. I did the crazy James Bond thing, but this isn't James Bond. Okay. So I expected the early Quantum of Misses, if you want to right now, fans. Um, so... If you're not enjoying this, why not try Quantum of Misses? <laughs> But James Bond. If you are enjoying this, why not take Quantum of Misses? It's just the same. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was expecting the early Python stuff to be. I don't remember any of it because okay. I, I think I was watching it a bit later. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of surmising that that sketch of him running out the water and going it was used quite a bit for a long time. That's your surmising. Yeah, that's my surmising. Well, you'll find out, won't okay. you? Okay, or keep that mystery going. So. Um, yeah, the rest of it, there's nothing in it that I actually remembered or anything like okay, that. Okay, alright. Not even the funniest joke in the world. I think that's the most famous sketch from this episode. Oh, really? Episode, yeah. Never seen that before. Alright, okay. Oh, well. This bodes well for you, if you want. <laughs> Especially if you can now forget about some of these sketches so you won't notice when they pick up re- some recently rehashed Python like all again, Volume 2. So, what do you have to say? What do I have to say? Mm-hmm. Um... I I enjoyed it. It isn't it isn't quite it is it is the early Python, so you don't it isn't quite hitting the ground. I don't think as if, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that the audience, the studio audience, don't always get it. So I think they're very thrown by the first sketch being Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart presenting deaths of famous people mm-hmm. that aren't really the deaths of famous people, but are sort of made up deaths. So some of these sketches play to nothing. Some of them play to laughter and kind of not exactly where you where you where the punchlines and the funny bits are, mm. and some of them go over big. I think the cartoons go over, the animations go over big actually. Mm. Uh, it, In terms of reaction, yeah, it's almost as if actually they are the least strange bits. Mm-hmm. You know, the audience can get a handle on silly and ridiculous stuff happens in cartoons. I can deal with that, but ridiculous stuff happens in real life. I'm a bit more taken aback. Well, I think they just like. 
what am I meant to be getting? Whereas yeah. in Clarentese, you're not, you don't ask yourself mm-hmm. that kind of question very often. And of course, given that first of all, it's a new series, but also, um, as I understand it in these days, you didn't phone up the BBC and say, I would like some tickets to Monty Python or, you know, a show with such and such. You said, I would like some tickets. And the BBC said, yes, here you go. And you just kind of got what you yes, ended up with. It's very, yeah, but as you say, there, there are people who walked into that audience that might have been a really bad fit for yes. this show because mm-hmm. it was a bit, a bit of a lottery. And they speak about it sometimes coming out to, you know, bus trips of old ladies and mm. going, mm, I'm not sure you're going to like this, guys. Yes. Now, the other thing that, um, obviously, I'm not very informed about Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody is at this point. It's the first episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that all of them were there day one. I thought there might have been... Oh. Interlopers like you know Ringo joining later. I see. So um, no, no, they're all there. They're all there, mm-hmm. and that's you know, so it starts mm-hmm. strong, and and they don't feel the need to change out, or no one goes mm-hmm. off in the half. So, so, uh, so of the all of them are all there. Uh, who do you think gave the best? Oh, or who do you think their best performances were in this episode? Well, oh, can we leave that to the end? Okay, because I have to talk about what your sketches are like, and oh, then, and then you work leave. out who yeah. they are. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, no, yeah. and then and then. Because it's a spoiler if I say the people first. Okay. So, um, what was your favourite sketch? Um, I think my favourite sketch, I think it might have been the It's the Arts bit. The interview with Sir Edward Ross and then the interview with Arthur Toucheds Jackson. So, I mean, obviously that um, type of thing was... Them taking uh, sort of more, I wouldn't say satirical, but you know, taking the piss out of parody TV, of arts. Parody, that's the word I'm looking yes. for, out of arts programmes. And through the course of this podcast, we can build up a whole Monty Python television schedule of yeah. programmes like It's Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, It's the Arts, you know, because they do a lot of those sort of things. Now, the arts show it was parodying, parodying. Mm-hmm. I probably haven't seen as much of as you have. The sort of those sort of programs, yeah, it's yeah. South Bank Show kind of thing, was it? Or yeah, but even though it's a more of a sort of magazine program about the arts, you really don't get these. You haven't got for, and no, but back in the day, I don't think I watched them. I don't think they were on when we were young. Oh right, predates us. Yeah, I think this is this is what TV was like in 1969. Mm. But to it, to enjoy a parody, you have to kind of know more about the thing it's being. It's mm-hmm. parody of, if you know what I mean. But I think you kind of still see that kind of program. Like a sort of breakfast television is kind of that kind of program now. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, now we're talking about this, now we're talking but about I think different. I think there is something um, particular about the art genre. Maybe the mm-hmm. South Bank Show is the mm-hmm. closest that mm-hmm. we would have seen of that. I mean, I did write, and I can't remember this, I just wrote Laugh at John Cleese. But... <laughs> Yes, um, laugh at John Cleese. That, that's not specific enough for me to recall which particular <laughs> bit I was writing that about. But I then went on to write, it went on a bit. Ah. Now, I think, because they did the Edward Teddy. Sir Edward Ross. Yeah, Sir mm-hmm. Edward Ross, and then the two sheds. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to do more. Or was there more in between those two? I can't Not remember. really. No, there was just Michael Palin doing the, the, in, the sort of host, who for some reason... Oh, always... no, there was the Picasso on the bike bit. Oh, Picasso on the bicycle, yes, that was part of it. So and I think that, well, yeah. that didn't need to be there. All right, I, I, yeah, it did go. Okay, that was that was a that was a good idea. That, that then outstage its welcome. A, a rather outstage its welcome. Although it was worth going on 
for the bit when John Cleese was reporting from what they said was a roundabout, but was actually a junction. Yeah. Um, for two things: one, Michael Palin's um, woman, woman. Yeah. And the Toulouse-Lautrec cycling past at the end on a little bicycle. Oh yes, that's who it was. I'm with you there. <laughs> that was. But um, do you think he, uh, Michael Palin did that because he didn't get to be an old woman in the other sketch? Oh, about I don't the, know. I've the been butter on the dead crab. crab. Yes. I don't know. Possibly. Though one thing I did notice on the art show one was when. Two Sheds was complaining. Yeah. Um, and then John Cleese came in. Yes. And said, is he giving you jip? Yeah. And, like, got rid of him. Yeah. He made him stand up. And he realised Terry Gilliam was tiny wee and John Cleese is really tall. Yes. And that was the long and short of it. Terry Jones. What did I say? Terry Gilliam. Oh, I, those two are going to be interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll tell I'll just keep collecting you. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yes. Is is. Either of them normal height? No. Well, I, I don't think Terry Jones is that short. Okay. And to be honest, I don't think John Cleese is that tall. They just look, they look, just yeah. look in, in the thing, yeah. And then uh, in that show, one thing I did think was a little bit funny or a little bit more of a parody is um, they kept on cutting to Michael Palin, who was doing the blinking mm-hmm. bit. And sometimes he would, like, have John Cleese as a Viking next to him. Yes. And then there was never an explanation mm-hmm. of why that was there. They never came to it. Mm-hmm. So that I thought was quite funny. Um, well, you know, so there was a man in a knight in shining armour. Yeah. It was on the other side. They never went there. No, yeah. Um, at least the, the Viking did say Jackson at one point. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but my favourite bit, I think, was the Italian class when they were all Italian. They were already Italian. But they were all very good at being Italian. Well, they were all very stereotypically Italian, well, weren't they? Well, you still thought that they were mm-hmm. doing the proper accent and everything. You know, like proper actors. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> what about when Graham Chapman stood up as the, as the German who was in the wrong class? Well, I mean, I think the Lederhosen might have been a little <laughs> bit too stereotypical. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're bordering on racist now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was my favourite funniest sketch. Um, now, the other thing is the old women. Mm-hmm. Widow butter. I can't remember Another quality which old woman I'm going to talk about here. Mm-hmm. But one of them went, young man. Mm-hmm. Now, is that the same character that ends up being... The thing you keep telling me. Oh, young man, your age and my age and your age, young man. Or is that Harry Enfield? That's Harry Enfield. It sounded very much like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was the same kind of woman. Yes. Women, but... women who, who you used to see a lot, but you don't see these women in real life anymore, really. It's rare now to see a, a real pepper pot on the street. But my favourite um, laugh, now I did quite like this, the photos, sepia photos that they did as cartoons. Oh, the animation, yeah. Yeah, um, and they were like the Christmas card things that we saw in that. Mm-hmm. Just your set animation. Thank mm-hmm. you for finishing my sentences. Um but the one bit that I thought was the funniest, and I think you found this funny too, was when the, the 
photo, the man stripped the woman of all her clothes. Yes. And had a mask. And it then, was a little mask that I'll enjoy. <laughs> and then put them back on with the police coat again, yeah. and then take them off again. So that was just, maybe the unexpectedness just tickled me. It me, was a little mask that I loved, but he had to be heap for her little mask when she was naked. <laughs> <laughs> it looked a bit kinky, didn't it? I know you love it, <laughs> So, um, then there's random, yeah, there's random bits in, in between I never really quite got. And there's the whole pig theme. Mm-hmm. You, you see by my face, I'm not impressed by the pig yeah. theme. They never explained it properly. It never became a big joke. It was just they kept sitting on pigs and crossing them off a list. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then occasionally, like, the soldiers were pushing pigs across a map. Um, <laughs> yes, I really like that. And, um... I didn't really get the pig thing. You're not meant to get it. It's meant to, I, th- I think, get ready, wanky hat on. It's a It's a bit of a breathing alienation effect. Is it supposed to take you out of it for a moment and remind you of that you're, that, you know, that, that what you're watching not isn't real, but that, you can, that, that this is, there's a construct that's going on here. I have three letters for you. <laughs> yes. NTW. You mean needless theatrical wank? Yeah. I would call that JTD, a justified theatrical device. Mm. <laughs> so, um, the other... The telling a joke. Telling a joke. The funniest joke in the world. Yeah, funniest joke in the world. I don't find it funny. Not at all? No. And it went on a bit for something that well, I yes, didn't find funny. Not, so no bits of Oh, it no, there is one bit of it. Um... When they were running into the shooting, purely telling a joke. Yes. Uh, I, but it's, uh, it's one of those jokes where you, has this just worn me down into making mm-hmm. making me think it's funny, or it was it just. I think to some extent it was it was making a vaguely it was making a, sli- a slightly serious point about war, insofar as they're all ill prepared for. Well, war. sometimes they do make people. Sometimes they do make soldiers go into battle when they might as well be armed with a funny joke. Mm. Yeah, and no, maybe it was a bit so cruel, but yeah, it did go on a bit for something that I didn't okay. find funny. You didn't like all the various and many, many and various ways that they found to die. No, I didn't. I'm just dying funny ways. You That's didn't like funny. Graham Chapman having a sign on his neck to a Gestapo officer, and then after that Gestapo officer died in the next scene, having a sign <laughs> <on his laughs> next to another Gestapo officer. Yeah, these obviously just flipped over. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that and um. I did. I mean, I quite enjoyed the anticipation of Michael Palin being tortured for the joke, him telling it to just kill them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an obvious thing, but quite enjoyed the obviousness of mm-hmm. that. I like. I can only give you name, rank, and why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> and also, also the idea that um, what would eventually uh, wear him down would be the prospect of being tickled by a long feather. Oh, all right then, I'll tell you. Mm. Um. <laughs> Now, when the original writer wrote the joke, mm-hmm. and then the wife or whoever came in after he died, mm-hmm. which actor was that? Was playing the wife. Mm. That was Eric Idle. He's scary as a woman. <laughs> Didn't like that one little bit. Uh, that's actually a toss-up for my favourite Eric Idle performance. In really? This. Yeah. It's between that and the interviewer of Arthur Duchesne's Jackson. Which character was that? Or which one of them was that? Eric Idle. Uh, oh, right, so yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, the best Eric Idle one. Mm-hmm. Although I did also like his Eddie Waring in the famous deaths, 
they cut away to him and he was telling you who who, who was top of the league at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that Eddie Waring? Uh, Eddie Waring, he was a sports commentator. Oh, okay. Uh, basically did that kind of thing and told you what the, and he wore that jacket and everything. Mm-hmm. I know the type. Yeah. We had the one with the sideburns. No? Did you? Oh, that was racing. Is that different? Oh, John McCurick. No, yeah. it wasn't. Because John McCurick was like, was like a tip star. Eddie Waring was more of a reporter. Oh, uh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I have enough notes to tell you every character, every actor's best bit. Uh-huh. But I did, I think uh, Michael Palin as the Italian. Okay. I quite liked him. Um, I think I like Michael Palin more as the um, host of It's the Art. It's the Arts. No, I didn't find that. I didn't find that funny. funny. Or the woman in the uh, the Picasso sketch. Yeah, no, that was good. Even though his only line was, he's a German. (laughs) Yeah, no, that might be the Italian, actually. Um, But I did quite like John Cleese as the pepper pot with the crab. And yes. so butter. Yeah. I think he was probably the best of those women. Oh, I quite liked... Was it him that said, or was it Terry Jones that said, if you try that round here, we'll slit your face? Oh, I didn't hear that. That's what it said. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one... Cause John Cleese says, you're the one who all appears for those silly women who can't tell the difference between yeah. women and a dead crab. And then Terry Jones goes, you try that round here, and we'll slit your face. <laughs> um... Well, who else is there? Uh, Graham Chapman. He was the German boy. He was the. I think the the Scarpo, not the same. Not I, I I like that, but I also like the. He was the police officer who went into the house to get the joke. I oh no! Like I, that. No, I quite I didn't like, like that, that performance. Oh, though I did like when he was being the Gestapo. Mm-hmm. The fact that he clapped his hands so obviously when <laughs> when John Cleese was stuffing him, yeah. him. <laughs> that was quite good. Um, give me another one. Uh, have you done John Cleese? Actually, what, what's your favourite Terry Gilliam, the policeman? Not Terry, uh, Chapman. Graham Chapman is the, was the policeman, yeah. Is that, that your favourite? Favorite yeah, I think, yeah. Sorry, go on, give me another one. Uh, Terry Jones. He was the Italian teacher. He was he also was Two Sheds. Two I think Two Sheds. I like Two Sheds, but I actually think I like more the British soldier who the, who the joke was tested on. Oh, with glasses? And just kind of went, <laughs> and then fell backwards. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um and Palin, oh, we've done Palin. Um, uh, John, don't have you done John Cleese? Who's your favourite Cleese? Pepper Pot. And well, Perry Gilliam was only in it for. He was he only appeared at one point, which was he was the German who officer, the German soldier who jumped through the door and used the machine gun on the joke and then collapsed. You blinking, you would have missed him. Hmm. But, I mean, he did all the animation, didn't he? Yes, he so, did all the animation, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense why he um, was an all, and also in the cast. I noticed in the... Yes, he doesn't get... He isn't in the written, conceived and performed. I mean, does he appear more later? He appears more later, but he never appears very much. No, because he's certainly... I think I've been thinking of Terry Jones every time I think of Terry Gilliam. Um, so he's certainly not a face I recognise as right. much as all oh, well, I'm sure you'll come to recognise him. Yes. Um, I have nothing more to say. Are we... 
Okay. Well, you don't have to have anything more to say. So the only thing that you recognise from this whole uh, episode was the man yeah. at the start. Yeah. Okay. And it, was it a different time at any time? There was nothing that I thought. Did you notice that, uh, despite the fact Apart that she the... got a credit, that Carol Cleveland got a credit at the end, uh-huh. there actually was no women in this so show at what all. What did she get a credit for? Also appearing, but she didn't appear. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Did they cut her out? Do you think? Well, I presume so. Mm. That must be what happened. But she wasn't on. But that wasn't. It wasn't like you felt it was necessary. Oh. And I think maybe it's just of the era. That Please just... send your hate mail to Fiona, <laughs> not me. I think there should be a lot more women in this. I mean, I'm not saying women aren't funny or anything like that. But I just like the, the sketches that they did. Mm-hmm. Particularly, like, a sketch around war. You don't mm-hmm. really expect to see women there. So it's not like it was an obvious gap mm-hmm. um, in what they were doing. But. Even though there were plenty of sketches that had female characters in them, they just played them themselves as old women. But that's kind of funny. Oh, difficult, isn't it? Mm. It's not as easy as you thought, equality, is it? Hey, hey. <laughs> that's the problem with you women you don't I think. mean at least they weren't trying to sleaze on them like the other early TVs we've seen oh okay no so, uh, yeah, but we used to go see a naked woman oh, <laughs> the guy uh, uh, but, revealed yeah so I prefer to see no women at all than um, sleazed on women yeah, I was thinking about a word from that repressed women okay oh, objectified women that's the word Fair enough. So you're uh, you're ready to head on to episode two then? And we're not doing like in-depth TV listings or anything. Oh, in-depth TV! Of course we are. <laughs> goodness Thank me! Thank goodness I'm here. Goodness me! Yes, <laughs> of course, of course, we're about to do that. Here we go. Really now, put your phone on silent. I know I should. Uh, I'm not going to do this every time, <laughs> but I just want well, brace this, yourself. But well, based on what you said about you know people wouldn't be expecting strangeness, uh-huh. I'm just going to read you the whole schedule for Sunday on BBC One. On okay. BBC One, you ready? Which year? Fifth of October, nineteen sixty-nine. Fifty uh, years ago. I wasn't listening earlier. Okay, well, but listen, <laughs> right? Nine o'clock. A.M. Late A.M. Nai Zindaji. Naya Jeevan. A magazine for viewers from Pakistan and India, which includes discussion of recent news and music. 9.30. Respondez, s'il vous plaît. An invitation to learn French. 1. Vous allez en vacances. We're about 9.30 till 1. Learn French. No, episode 1. All right, no, sorry, Karen. That's because at 10 o'clock... Wie bitte? A beginner's course in German. Programme one. It's quite multicultural. I'm telling you. 10.30, close down. Nothing worth showing. We're not going to patronise you if you're showing anything rubbish. There just won't be any telly for half an hour. 11 o'clock. Seeing and believing. The Gospel Makers. Program, this programme sketches the distinguishing features of the four gospel writers and of the four groups of people for whom their work was designed. Educational. 11.30. Buying a house. The guide to house purchasing in England and Wales. Why are houses so expensive these days? What sort of house is best? And how do you find the money? Twelve o'clock. Know how. Help. The engineering programme. 
Five cases of help for difficult problems. How industry can use the facilities available at Technical College, Colleges, Polytechnics and Universities of Technology. 12.30. Representing the Union. A trade unionist guide to productivity, bargaining and management techniques. 1 o'clock. Close down. Nothing worth putting on, so we're not going to patronise you. We're just not having any telly. 13.25. Farming in Wales. Welsh plant breeding station, Golden Jubilee. Gerald Gadsden visits, visits Aberystwyth, the home of the noted S strains of grasses, clover and cereals, and discusses recent work at the station with its director. <laughs> 1350. Interval. 10 classic dishes. Fanny Carrick makes them easy and provides a menu for each. Number 5. Leg of lamb and puff pastry. 14.29. How specific do you want it? <laughs> News headlines. 14.30. Daytime. Conversation. Personalities. Ideas. Conversations. Questions. Robin Day. Robin Day. Daytime. Daytime. See what's done there? <laughs> Five past three. Film matinee. Captain Fury. A soldier of fortune exiled from Ireland fights a treacherous land baron in the early days of Australia's penal colony. Twenty to five. The man who talks to children. Children talking, gossiping, commenting, criticising and delighting us. All by opening up in, a, in that sparkling way that children have to Harold Williamson. Five past five. Going for a song that we saw parodying in Do Not Just Your Set yesterday. Half past five. Dombey and Son by Charles Dickens. Dramatised in 13 parts by Hugh Leonard. Five to six. Europe's richest race, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, direct from Longchamp. This afternoon's big race in which the cream of the continent's horse racing champions compete. Five past six. The news. Quarter past six. Malcolm Muggeridge asks the question why. A topical programme which questions some of the issues behind the news and some of the assumptions on which people base their lives. 10 to 7. Harvest Thanksgiving. A service of Thanksgiving from St. Peter's Church, Carmarthen. 25 past 7. Detective, The Tea Leaf. Hannah Gordon as Ruth Kelston investigates the case of the tea leaf by Edgar Jepson and Robert Eustace. In the steamy heart of, fashionable, of a fashionable Turkish bath, emotions can become heightened and lead to a fantastic and mysterious death. Quarter past 8. British Film Night, Live Now, Pay Later, a fast-moving satire on credit trading, credit trading featuring Ian Hendry in his first major screen role. 5 to 10, The News, 5 past 10, Omnibus, Beautiful, Beautiful, the photojournalist depicts the times that we live in. In tonight's film, some of the world's most talented photographers confront the realities that many of us would prefer to ignore. 5 to 11, Monty Python's Flying Circus, 25 past 11, Weatherman, Close down. But what about that for a schedule? Something for everyone. It is more diverse than we get these days, isn't it? It certainly is. Where do you ever get, just on general TV, a programme that helps you learn a language? Mm. You have to pay for that kind of stuff. You have to pay for that sort of stuff, don't you? I wonder when the last time, you know, somebody (laughs) did an engineering programme. What do you mean, Maddie? Oh, that's true. And there's it's not really practical. That's not kind of basic. Discovery Channel is full of extreme engineering. Oh yeah, but, but this is about actually how you can do engineering. Oh. Not how to build a great big. Oh, you mean like building. DIY stuff? Yeah. Okay. Or how to bargain for collective work? <laughs> how would you be a trade unionist? <laughs> Excellent program. 
So I think that's that's great. So on BBC Two at the same time as Python, I'll just go through what else you could have watched. Just at that time, not yes. the whole day. Okay. Uh, 30 Minute Theatre Trial. That's right. Love everyone. I don't want your Christian love, Slade. It stinks. Why don't you just admit that you hate me? Two men, just two men cooped up together in a small hut in a wilderness of snow. They're there to do a job, but living like this does something to a man. It makes a man like an animal. Uh, featuring David Graham. Is that Graham. like Brookback Mountain? No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it has James Brabazon and David Graham in it. David, uh, sorry, David Graham and Michael Robbins in it. Uh, David Graham is in The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui at the Savile Theatre London. I love that, those bits on these listings. Uh, David Graham is the voice of Grandpa Pig. Oh, okay. And was the voice of the Daleks as well. Uh, and then uh, Late Night Lineup, uh, Film Night, a weekly look at the cinema. This week's guest is Peter Cook on location for his new film, The Rise and Rise of Michael Rimmer, his first solo starring role, which was actually written by John Cleese and Graham Chapman. Back <laughs> trans. And of course, on the light programme, uh, ITV, uh, Hawaii Five O at 7.25, Music Hall at 8.25, uh, Tony Sandler, Ralph Young with guest star Nora Wisdom, uh, Kay Ballard and Lena Horne. Ace in the Hole at 9.25, uh, the film that made Kurt Douglas a star, uh, and then uh, that went on until 11.75 when there was Tonight with David Nixon, a mixture of magic guests and a few surprises. And there's a little advert here that I think you might uh, you might uh, do in, the, in this episode, this episode of the TV Times uh, for you to read. I have to read this out, do I? Yes, because I think it's, it's useful for you. Const- Constipation sufferers? Yeah. Should read this. All brand has made a prison in my life. Can't read who that is. I cannot speak highly enough of all brand, writes Mr. Healy. Constipation must be avoided at all costs. I ha- I can't read this. Must be avoided at all costs. I haven't read it, actually. Yeah, but you get the general. I mean, you, you can get some all brand. Probably help you with your problem. Uh, so, do we have anything else to say about uh, episode one of Monty Python's Flying Circus? No. Well then, uh, if there's nothing more to be said, then all that remains to be said is join us next time when we once more slip the python <laughs> up the missus. Bye! Do, 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 do. You're not singing? No, you have to say bye. Bye! They've invited you into their ears. You have to be polite to them. Can I leave your ear now? We'll we'll be leaving your ears now. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I've said bye. (laughs) Say it like you mean it. Bye. Bye. That's all you needed.